everyone. Welcome to the first edition of the Marshall Street Podcast. The very first. Very first. Debut, yep. if you will. De- yeah, if you will uh, indeed. I will. I will indeed. Lunchbox. So, my oh, name's Stu. My name's Stu. I'm uh, the sound engineer here at Marshall Street Studios. Uh, I have been, you know, playing music, recording music for ages. Um, a long time. It's, it's fun. I like it. It's good. <laughs> yep. It's good. <laughs> so, it's bloody tip nice, That's nice. me. Uh, That's me. My name is Bennett. Uh, I'm the founder of Marshall Street. Um, I've been playing, producing hip hop for the last six or seven years before drifting into the back end of the industry, managing some artists, running a label, um, and setting up the studios here. Davey? Hi, I'm David. I David. Uh, <laughs> I'm Davey. He doesn't I'm Lunchbox. Even know how to say his name. Um, Lunchbox. And I don't know. I do some shit. Cool. <laughs> nice. He's the handyman around here. Yep. Davey runs the venue just for all those playing at home. Very cool. So I guess the point of this is just to talk about some stuff that we uh, notice in the music industry. Yep. What's been um, happening? What's even that we can say, we just had the uh, the launch party on the weekend. Everyone who came through, that was fucking sick. We had a blast. That was awesome. Um, it was very sore the next day. Monday wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah. that was like <clears throat> that was like my biggest takeaway was um, I woke up like, and this is just new for me. Like maybe for you guys, this is old news, but new for me, two day hangovers. Who fucking knew that wow. was a shit? Yeah, yeah, who knew yeah. that was a thing? Yeah, I haven't had that many. Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, we just had a, we've just had a technical um, issue. Uh, we've just lost power to camera two. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to pause and we're going to set that camera back up. We'll be back. All right, so we've got the camera, camera two. We're, we're camera two is now going to have a, just a random <laughs> shift in its editing. I blame Steve. This is the last time we put Steve yeah, in charge of the Steve. fucking AV. If we just, I, look, when we do the two. Who hired that guy? Yeah. Clack, Clacker. he's gone. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Clack, his last day was yesterday. He'll be um, listening in for sure. He'll be back. We had, a, we had a nice little going away video. He left us a surprise this morning um, while he was traveling across the world to Vietnam. He somehow graced the office with a little farewell video that he prepared for us, which in true Clacker style was fucking hilarious. It was. It was fucking <laughs> So funny. Um, we should right, let's get in. into some fucking industry stuff. Yeah, now Davey's here as like a person who doesn't have much uh, music industry experience, which is cool. Davey's our, um, our Like how you said He's music also industry our... experience at the end that you didn't just say, this is our person that doesn't know much. <laughs> <laughs> Davey's our test dummy. So me and Stu have obviously been through the industry for a few years. We've got our own biases and tweaks about how we see certain things. Um, so we've got Davey in, who, as you said, is a venue manager here, so everyone who comes through would know him. Um, but he comes to kind of keep us on our fucking toes and stop us from being able to get away with bullshit um, just because we've all obviously seen shit through our own filters. He's also here to introduce bullshit, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> and he will uh, be doing the fact-checking, so... <laughs> oh, great. Am I the guy with the computer? You got the computer, what the fuck? You have a computer I'm in your pocket, it's called a telephone. Mm, okay, I'll do all the fact-checking. All right, all right so for today's, uh, today's edition, we're going to be talking about uh, should you... Start off as a DIY artist or should you go label hunting? I guess it's important to distinguish what a DIY artist is um, first. So essentially, as the name suggests, I, you know, you're doing it yourself. Doing it yourself, yeah. And that really means that you're kind of building your brand yourself, you're mm-hmm. you know, writing all your music yourself. 
you might have a team that of, of people that kind of do things for you, but generally speaking, you're kind of doing it all yourself or the band's doing it and, you know, delegating tasks between the band members. Yep, I think um, 100% it starts off you do everything yourself. Even most artists, even if you want to go down the label path, I think you'll, you start off doing everything yourself because that just means if when people kind of get on board or they're happy with what you're doing or they think you're good and they want to help out, you mean you can actually appropriately delegate the tasks that need to be delegated without giving away too much creative control to people who shouldn't necessarily have it. I think people who jump to off to handball responsibilities too early are usually down the track will find that they're not happy with how things ended up and it's because they didn't really have an understanding themselves to let alone to tell someone else how to do it the way they wanted it or the way they pictured it. Yeah, it's kind of like you. how can you know what to do next if you don't have that broad picture of what's important. Yep. Um, and that's probably a lot of the things that people run into. They kind of get overwhelmed by all of these different aspects of your music career yeah. that you didn't know existed. Yep. Or, there's fucking PR, yeah. there's management, there's social media management, there's booking agents, there's fucking rehearsal schedules, there's logistics around. Imagine being in Slipknot's band. They had nine oh, people. Yeah. How the fuck would you get logistics oh, for man. a rehearsal? Well, you know, that's another thing. You know, it's it's about whether you're a full-time band or not as well yeah. as an important factor as well. So if you're a part-time band, like like I'm in a part-time band and none of us uh, really have much time for anything. Um, so it can get really exhausting real quick if you if you don't know who's doing what tasks and you don't you're not very organized and things like that. But yep. especially like yeah, like you said with re- rehearsals and stuff, it can be as difficult to organize one night a week <laughs> as you would think that it would be very mm. simple but it's yep. it's just not sometimes. What do you reckon Davey? Well, Someone coming in like DIY or label hunting like what do you reckon what do you well, what well, do you like, distinguish? It's interesting the what you said about Slipknot is like they have nine members and it's like yeah, the logistics of nine people living nine lives, mm. you know, <clears throat> coming together to record one or to do rehearse in one space. Like, that's just going to be a nightmare. Like, if it's just like, you know, my friends that it's just like essentially him and his girlfriend that do their stuff together. Yeah. <clears throat> is, that, is that what you call it? <laughs> they uh, they just do their shit and that's like super easy. So they're like happy to do DIY, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you're like a full piece band, like mm-hmm. maybe getting external help is the way to go. I think, yeah. yeah. When Well, that kind of brings us to the second point, you know, label hunting, like mm. what is involved in that? You know, like what is a label? What can they do for you? What benefits do they have? Um, so I, I've got up at the moment the uh, most recent report from IFPI who uh, basically an association, they're a worldwide independent network, but they look into um, a lot of like facts and figures and stuff. But they analyze, this is from 2016, Obviously, their five points are music is about hard work and substantial investment. Record labels are the primary investors in music. Breaking down labels, US $4.5 billion annual investment, developing the digital market and unlocking new revenue streams. They're the five points that they've kind of gathered from 2016, um, all of the stuff that they came out of. So they're kind of what they see as the main factors of having a label. Mm-hmm. what a label can do for you that you might not be able to do yourself. Obviously, money is a massive factor. Yeah, okay. And it's I think the, the, other, the big, other big one that 
I've noticed has become more a real thing just since we've talked about this is the, the different levels of importance between genres for labels. Like um, in, I think in the pop punk, alternative, hardcore scene, there's much more a unity type feel. And I think signing to a label solidifies you and your existence in the industry. It's kind of like signing to a brotherhood back in the day or being accepted in a fucking fraternity, if you will. But it's like these bands see the other bands on that label and it's the family. They tour with them. They live like they're fucking close. Yeah, there's, Whereas, no, there's no coincidence that the biggest Australian punk hardcore label is called Unified. Yeah. There's a reason why they called it that and that ties in completely with what you were just saying about yep. having a label is is kind of having a mateship or a fellowship of all these different people that, you know, work together and, and you know, vibe off each other and fucking yep. tour together and all yep. that sort of and stuff. And I think, I think that's been lost in hip-hop, especially in hip-hop in this country, but I think it's been lost in hip-hop recently because... Digital music in general, I would yeah. say. But it, that brotherhood of back in the day of like dudes running their own label and when you had Death Row, like they were pumped to be on that label. It was groups. It was all about the hip-hop group. It was the fucking the MCs with the DJs. It was a group. Um, I think hip-hop's gone down a very solo path in terms of everyone wants to be the MC. It's all about me. And I think labels got turned into fucking people just selling their masters for cash. It was a capital grab. Like everyone, it was just purely for the money. Um, I think, yeah, back because it's, you can do it as an artist and the record label saw it as if they didn't have to pay a fucking uh, DJ to be on the album, if they could just pay the artist, their fees, their fucking yeah. payments go down. And the artist, the MC was like, well, cool, I can do it on myself without a DJ. So yeah. I think you've lost this kind of fucking brotherhood and unity in hip hop recently. You've lost a, a purpose behind what you're doing as an artist, yep. right? You know, if you're looking at money being the main reason why you do things then I would potentially say that you're not solely an artist. I w and I would also back that up. I say it's statistically proven if you are in something, regardless what field, for the money, you are far more likely to get involved in deceptive ways and illegal activities because you're looking for money as the answer. The whereas, and the easiest way yep. to access money. Yep, whereas money is the symptom. It's the it's what follows doing good and bringing good to other people and value to other people. Yeah, you got to remember why you're fucking doing why it in you're the doing first it. place. Davey? Davey? Um, well, yeah, that's true with any creative field. If you're doing it for the money, you've already fucked up. Like, the dudes who are the best at what they do in literally any creative field were doing it before they even realized they could get paid to do it. Mm. And like, it's funny that, like, because, you know, you would see musicians especially in a creative aspect that somehow just access all of this money from becoming famous overnight or whatever, you know, they would have started as DIY, you know, fucking Nirvana is a, obviously the main one that you yeah. think of because he ended up shooting himself or, um, you know, he got addicted to heroin and there's so many others that have gone down the same route and it's drugs because they have access to money, they don't need it. It's just like they don't need the money because they're still creating the music the exact same way that they were the money is just there. So so something tells them, oh, fuck, Something's what am I going to spend this on, man? So yep. a lot of the time that's drugs. Like David definitely. Grohl had the best thing to say about that when like he, he was getting rich and, he, you know, like obviously you could see people close to him spending their money on drugs. Mm. He had like a good interview where he was talking about how he's like he didn't ever occur that like, oh, I can now buy lots of drugs or lots mm. of drinks or whatever like that. He was like just excited to be able to afford like the largest barbecue and shit like yeah. that because <laughs> his like mind was not in that place. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still another thing. Like you don't need the largest barbecue. You yeah. just now can have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
So, I mean, yeah, definitely like that's one thing that labels can bring you is money and, and fame is another byproduct. But, but <clears throat> I would argue that not anymore. Go on. Getting a label, it's not like, oh, like, oh, they signed with, like for me as someone who's not in the business, I'm not like, oh, they signed with them. They must be huge. It's like I'll see them on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram and be like, these guys are, yeah. Like yeah. killing it. These guys yeah. are great. And Definitely. I'll show my friends. Yep. The organic then, organic channels are becoming more and more real. It's like I don't know who they're signed to. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I like this shit. And yep. that's I, I, I think go, that's fame now. Yeah. That, that's I, a that's a really good point. And I'm definitely down that avenue in terms of I think record labels, we've seen them start to shift in the last four or five years. They will no longer be able to make their money and play the game in the middleman distribution as they have been, but they're gonna have to do something really interesting to shift and stay with the music industry because I think right now like many industries the music industry is being torn apart and rebuilt off the back of streaming networks Spotify fucking YouTube River all this shit didn't exist fucking 20 years ago yeah. so the industry as we know it and income streams have been ripped apart and re-put together and we're currently in that rebuilding stage mm. and I think major labels have got some a very interesting time ahead of them if they're going to stay relevant and up to date so label hunting I would say when you get to a certain point, depends on who the artist is, but when you get to a certain point, a label can absolutely help you. So obviously you don't need to sign to a major label, but a label has a way to make it easier for the artist to focus on their creative things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, Yep, definitely. And I think it even, depending on where they are in that journey, um, it can show them and teach them things that not necessarily they didn't already know, but they don't know just because they haven't been exposed to it. Like a lot of artists haven't actually sat down with a dude who runs through their, or a female who runs through their social media and goes, this is how you should be using each platform. This is when you should be posting and actually taking back stats and fucking analytics of their last three to six months and put together a release schedule of the following three to six months and show you how to build that around a release and going, cool, we're dropping this single on this day. These are the album cycles for a reason. This is when you, when you want to be dropping your promo. This is how you wrap it up with the video. Like a lot of artists, if they knew what to do, they would. Mm but they're just not exposed to that high level of fucking release schedule. So I think teeing up, get, yeah, depending where they're on that journey, by linking up with even an independent label or someone will just expose them to the next level above to show so where they want to get to. The, a point that I got from that is when, if you are going to be label hunting, right, it's important to know what you want from that label before Definitely. you actually do it. Hugely. Because like like we've said you know most bands don't know what they want or yep. need right and that's when you see a lot of deep, a lot of contracts go fucking south is because the bands don't know what they want. The label knows know. what the fuck they want. Super easy from a label, dude. <laughs> I can guarantee you the label knows exactly what the fuck they want out of you. Yep. But then especially if you're a band or an artist and you're say you're sending out demos and you're getting a bit of attention from labels and you start getting some offers before you even start reading in, into what they're offering you, go back write down what you want out of a label. Is it yep. that you want a fucking tour support because you need to get yep. the fuck out on tour? Do you need fucking, do you need recordings? Like, do you need video? What do you need? What do you, what are you, what's going to help you yeah. be the best? Because I guarantee you, the label wants to make fucking money. They're going to make more money if you're in the best position and putting out the best shit you can. Yep. So you got to work out what's going to put you in the best position. And if the label's on board, they'll fucking back that because at the end of the day, they should make money off it. And by doing that, by, by figuring out what you want from the label, you'll also find out whether you need the label. Yep. Because if you're wanting to get more followers on Instagram or, you know, if you're wanting to get more sales on Bandcamp or something like that, 
you don't need a label. Yep. You know, and if that's the main purpose of trying to get to the label is is more sales, it's like, great, work on how what your social media um, you know, platform is one, because you need kind of a main one, I, w- I would suggest, whether that's Instagram, YouTube, you know, are you gonna be a YouTuber? Are you gonna make music in your basement? Like who the fucking knows? There's so yeah. many options these days, right? But you know, you would work on what your strategies are before even worrying about label if yeah. that's your focus. If your focus is to get more followers, more fans, then getting a record label is not going to make it's a difference be, yeah. these days. The access to someone that you adore or like, you know, you know, a teenage girl has a, a phone. Right she there. loves Taylor Swift. Cool. T- Taylor Swift's going to... Um, you know, bad example because she's on major label or whatever, but she's still got the the live streaming that she's doing. She's talking to her fans one to one. She's inviting them Taylor into Swift her does live streaming. If you inbox she, her on Twitter, I she guarantee has. you, and that it's was a big thing that she focused on. You know, she did this campaign where she sent out all these presents to her fans. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, and that was a way for her to connect with her fans and show her fans that she wanted to connect with them. And sure, it's a campaign. It's a marketing strategy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still a way for her to show that she has a connection with her fans. She didn't need a record label to do that. So I guess my point is, you know, you got to be thinking about what you want out of your career. What do you want out of your fans? And you have to figure out whether the label's necessary for yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, as you said, by putting that down, and especially in fucking writing, like just write shit down, whether it's your goals or shit, write it down in hand. Um, but by writing that down, yeah, you'll paint a picture and you might sit back and look at everything you've written and go, fuck, I don't need a label. I yep. just need to fucking pull my finger out and do an extra five hours of fucking online PR work for myself each day and I'll yep. get there in two months. Or it might be like, fuck, I just really need capital but I don't want to give out any creative control. And then like you can fucking look at VCs or other people. There's other ways to get straight capital mm-hmm. if you need it to fund your project and you're not willing to give away any creative control. And the masters, which I think is the big thing, then there's other way to go and get straight capital. Hundred percent, Davy. Um, I think you guys have sort of wrapped that up pretty tightly. You guys have clearly got a large knowledge base around that specific sector, and I don't know. There's nothing really I can add to that that isn't. What route would you go down if you were starting a band like tomorrow? Just in what you've seen, what do you mm. think your fucking your track would be? How would you go about it? Well, say it was you and I'm, fucking two mates, three three piece band. You see, I'm I'm from a creative field, so I already know that like. I'm like lucky in the way that I, if I start a band tomorrow with like a drummer or a guitarist and like, you know, whatever. Someone else who does something. Someone else who plays the oboe. What about like um, a DJ like fucking 28 Days? That'd be fat. Like, <laughs> Sorry, go on. We'll, we'll continue this 28 Days cover band later. <laughs> um, I would know that it's like, it's more about just fucking doing what you want, doing what you enjoy doing because... If you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you don't enjoy making the music you're doing just because simply you're like, oh, this is more mainstream, so it it'll mm. it might hit a larger target. It's yep. like, well, you've already you've you already shot yourself in the yeah, foot. You're already behind the fucking guess what? So then, that blows up. You do really well playing that sort of music, which you hate to play. So then, like, by by you saying that, that would make me think that you wouldn't even need to play live. You wouldn't even need to. Uh, yeah, I don't you know. It'd I be would more do live like streaming. Type I would do. I would do like live streaming shows and stuff like there that because I reckon I'm more into that sort of sphere of like I think like touring and playing live is extremely important but 
Like this, this whole thing that still kind of seems to go on where like bands keep like them play, like making a new album really secret and then they, they release the new album. Mm. It's like fucking why? Yeah. Like advertise you're making a new yeah. album, live stream yourself making the new album. Yeah. Like hundred percent. People are interested in like you They're and how you process. work. Well, there's, there's two sides to that. One is mystery builds. Um, anticipation. Like, yeah, anticipation. So when you do that final release, like there's a band called Breaking Benjamin from America. Mm. I don't know their statistics, but apparently they they very rarely play live so that when they play, you know, six shows on a tour, they all sell out and they book these massive stadium shows that they can sell out because they play so rarely live that their fans want it so badly that they they can do that, right? And that's... That wouldn't be possible if they were playing live a lot of the time or they were doing a lot of like social media, like sharing, live streaming and stuff because people would get what they need. So that's one side to it. Yep. And that's Mm -hmm. a valid side if you have that amount of fans, which they clearly do. They have a a very cult following, you know. It comes down to having the self-awareness of knowing what sort of band you are. If you're Mm -hmm. that sort of band and then you go and try and fucking replicate what some of these hardcore guys do and go on the road for eight months, they're going to fucking burn themselves out. They're not going to write the sort of tunes that have resonated with their audience. Their shows are going to be shit because they're trying to pander for something that's not them. Mm -hmm. Same time, if they're bands who just love touring, you get on the fucking bus and they tour for eight months straight and that's where they write, that's where they get the fuck away from shit. If they go and try to play six shows a year... They, it would just throw off the whole dynamic of how they work together and, and come about their craft. It. it wouldn't be right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's just having the self-awareness to go, cool, what sort of band are we without trying to fucking put on that you're someone else? Mm. Your camera just died. I think it's still going. No, it just turned off. Did it or did the screen? <laughs> this one's <facing. laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Steve's just, Steve's just dropped camera one. We've had camera one drop out. All right, well, Dave, do you want to wrap things up for us? Thanks for stopping by for our first Marshall Street monthly, weekly, 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 weekly podcast. We weekly for um, now. Um, hopefully, we'll improve. We'll yeah, get I some mean, feedback. We and we'll really see how this goes. The surface on this topic. Um, yeah, I think obviously we've got a lot more to talk about in this area, mm-hmm. but we'll try not to talk about the same thing next time. Um, you know, we'll, we'll address a different question. I think we, I think in my head, we're, we're going to ask a different question every week. Yeah. If you want and us to talk about to that. something to do with the industry or something that we're doing just around our studio and you're interested in that, hit us up on our socials and, yep. we'll, and we'll pull shit out of the Instagram. There's fuck people who DM and ask us shit. We'll pull out questions out of that that we like. Yeah. So hit us up. All right. This is All Lunchbox right. signing out. Cheers. <laughs>